You're listening to the Invent Her podcast, conversations with women who have taken matters into their own hands and created careers that they love. If you're feeling disconnected at work, I'm hopeful that these conversations with inspiring women will help us all find our way in whatever industry we want to be in, or even find the courage to take the leap of faith to quit the day job and go out on our own. So, let's get into today's episode. Hello and welcome to episode 11 of the Invent Her podcast. I'm your host Hannah Stocking and this week I am talking to Zoe Burgess who is the creative director of Atelier Pip and she co-founded this business with her business partner Robin Kolek and I don't know about you but I think Zoe has the coolest job ever. So it kind of takes the idea of bartending to the next level. So Atelier Pip is a consultancy agency who create bespoke drinks for bars and restaurants. She's worked with the likes of Dinner by Heston, The Standard, Koya Bar, literally loads of exclusive bars across London and and further. So in today's episode, we talked all about the early jobs that Zoe had, which included working in a chocolate shop, which is my absolute dream, um, all the way up to starting her own company. We had a really great conversation about Zoe's hustle into working for the bars as a student, um, which was a really cool story, and taking the idea of being a bartender to the next level of creativity and entrepreneurship with Atelier Pip. You have to go and check out the Atelier Pip Instagram. I've got it linked in the description below. Um, and whilst you're there, you might as well check out my Instagram too, because obviously I'm going to plug my own Instagram. But honestly, the Atelier Pip Instagram account is a work of art. You will not be disappointed <laughs> at all. So I'm going to get off here now. I'm recording this at 22.49 at night. I'm not making any sense. Um, so I'm going to get off here and get into the episode. It's a really, really good one. And Zoe has some really amazing stories. So yeah. I will see you in my next episode. My name is Zoe and I run a sort of drinks consultancy company called Atelier Pip. Um, and I also look after the um, operations and sort of creative development of three bars based in London. Um, Bar Termini in Soho, 69 Combrook Row in Islington and um, Untitled Bar in East London. And what was your kind of, what was your education and background like that led you into this? <laughs> um, so, so I had quite a journey really. I mean, I, I moved to London originally to study fine arts. I went to a really good art school um, many years ago now. Um, I was always interested. I've always, I've always liked creative things. Like even since kids always been like, uh, you know, me and my sister always drawing, making things, like doing stuff like that kind of thing. Um, so I always knew that I would, go into something like that and it would always be you know had been my dream to do that um and I worked really hard and went to a really great art school and um you know was going to continue studying that and ended up getting a summer job um to sort of fill the gap between my degree and an MA um in a chocolate shop <laughs> and oh my god always... what was that like yeah <laughs> I ate a lot of chocolate <laughs> I was gonna say if that was me I would have been about a few stone heavier after that summer <laughs> chocolate for breakfast chocolate for lunch (laughs) (laughs) 
um but it was cool it was like a really um unique small company that was making it was one of the first to make from bean to bar i mean this was like 15 mm. years ago um the chocolate seems very different now and i'd always loved food and i was always thinking about food <laughs> um, and I just never really thought about it from the point of view of sort of flavor and sort of creating things and like I used to love it when it was Easter because we'd make these really like beautiful um, Easter eggs that were all handmade and decorated mm. and we'd have themes and we'd because it was a small company we could get involved in making some of those decisions and we'd mm. find out what customers were asking and and it was quite chic. Like I definitely, I mean, I'm from Manchester originally and even down to London, you know, part of the appeal as much as I love Manchester um, and its charms. But there were, I was definitely interested in like being in a city that was multicultural and there was kind of mm. these d different historical references and these ideas of kind of that romantic, like chicness that London kind of has. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I kind of, enjoyed pulling all those things together um and sort of working on these different sort of treats that people would you know come in and, and, and enjoy and when I realized that I was into flavor and into the real minute details of it um it kind of opened up the cocktail world for me um mm. we basically opened a chocolate shop that had an alcohol license mm -hmm. it was like an old hairdressers and a lot of old hairdressers have licenses so we decided we'd do some chocolate cocktails. So I ended up um, working with a few different bartenders on that. And I was just fascinated by cocktails and their sort of delivery of flavor and the, ex the experience that you have with them and these little moments that they create. And I think for me at that point, I mean, I was on a very, very, um, like modest salary so as much as I love food I couldn't really afford to go and eat out even at you know TV yeah. places mm -hmm. you know um, but I could afford to go to a bar and order a drink and sit there for a very long time <laughs> drinking it um, and kind of feel really cool while I was doing it <laughs> so um, I just I went to Colnbrook Row and I fell in love with it and I just kind of said to myself I have to work here and sort of started doing my research and um you know they did a stage program which we still do now under Atelier Atelier Pip we've kind of evolved it a little bit um but did this stage program and I applied for it um I guess because you know I had a little bit of experience in flavor and um I got on with the team they gave me a shot and um I did a week there sort of interning um and that was great and then every time I got a paycheck I would make sure I went back um, like that Friday or something just so they didn't forget who I was <laughs> <laughs> and it was kind of nice because I guess being like a single girl like going to a bar as well like I knew that the people there would like kind of you know it wasn't as intimidating as, yeah. as it normally would be like they saved me a spot at the bar and they'd chat yeah. to me and stuff um so so yeah and then one day I was there and they were like oh the waitress hasn't turned up would you would you come in tomorrow and that was the start of it so yeah. I just started waitressing and and I was really happy doing that because I wanted to learn and I understand that you have to start at the beginning especially when it's something that you don't know anything about yeah um, and that hands-on experience was great and 
from there I then um, went full-time at the bar and I used to do all the prep for all of the ingredients um, and I got on very well with the owners and ended up taking over the research and development kitchen and managing that and all of the development involved in the new menus for our bars and external clients <laughs> and it's just kind of evolved every year I mean I've been there for eight years now um, nearly nine actually and you know every year is something different I ended up I mean one of the bars I'm titled I'm a partner in um, so I ended up going into business um, with some colleagues for that one and uh, at the end of last year we set up Atelier Pit so that I can get back to focusing on um, you know the sort of more creative elements um, involved in drinks making really. Yeah so when or how I guess did you realize that you had you know a flair for flavor and taste Where, how did you even know that that was something that you were good at? Um, I think a lot of it is just down to attention to detail I mean food and drink is a really funny thing because we consume it because we need it to survive um, and it's you know it's kind of perhaps not normal I mean it's changed recently but you know people didn't used to really think about how things taste like mm. in detail and I find it really interesting when you think about things that you don't like because it's often easy to say why you don't like something yeah. rather than why you do um, and I don't know I think I just never perhaps it went back to to my um, art education, I never um, had an issue with saying what I felt or how mm. I felt something tasted. I didn't feel shy about that. And I guess, you know, when you study um, fine art, you know, a big part of that is expressing yourself and, and learning mm. how to do that um, in a way that isn't, you know, condescending or, um, you know, not critical of other people. You know, you're just kind of stating or, yeah <laughs> yeah it's funny isn't it because I've never I mean before research doing a little bit of research into you and, and what you do I'd never even thought that this was a job <laughs> I didn't I just didn't even think that it could be a job so that's yeah. it's just such a cool concept yeah well I I mean you know it's I mean bartending has has been a job for you know yeah. very long time mm. um and I think in recent years it's it's become more of a career option for people you know it used to be yeah. the kind of thing where you do it at uni and you know it's kind of, you have a shelf life on it right yeah um, and certainly the guys that work you know and girls sorry that work behind the bars um you know you have to be very conscious of things because it is a very physical job yeah um, and it's somewhat antisocial so once people start getting to the point where you know they want to have families or sort of change their lifestyle a little bit you know there's mm. always kind of a, a balancing act that you have to readdress them but people do it and I'm absolutely amazed um mm. at how they do I'm very lucky because I'm you know daytime hours most of the time it's the odd odd time where I get called into yeah. badly waitress <laughs> I'm not very good at that um but um yeah I mean I I kind of carved it out for myself I think you know, I think the, one of the best things I ever did was every time I got that paycheck, kept mm. going back to the bar and having a drink once a month. And just that hustled your way in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, because I genuinely think if you're, you know, if you're a, a good person and you, your heart's in the right place and, mm. you know, 
you are kind with other people and appropriate with other people um and stand your grounds like i'm not saying pander to people at all um but if you show that you you stand for something Mm. um and you'll accommodate others at the same time you know people people want to work with people like that because we spend so much time at work right (laughs) and i think a lot of that comes down to the fact that you know, if you want a job somewhere, you have to be a human being as well, because they want to work with yeah. somebody that, that they like, not just somebody that's, you know, good on paper and has all the background and all the education. And, and you know, if you're a nice person, they'll give you a chance if, if they really like you. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. So much of it is down to personality, really. Yeah, definitely. Um, um, I was going to say, what is it about drinks that inspires you? Um, you know, because it's, I guess you probably, you would see it as an art form, whereas somebody that's going into a bar that's ordering a drink doesn't necessarily, you know, it could just be their, you know, they're with their friends on a Friday night. They don't think about the the background behind this drink that they're ordering. They just think, oh, it looks nice for Instagram. But what is it yeah. about a drink for you that you find inspiring? Um, so I kind of have like two, two hats that I guess I wear. Um, like, for me like I mean you it's a really interesting format I kind of touched on it briefly a minute ago um because you've only got one shot with a drink when you have a plate of food you've normally got four or five different elements different textures let alone mm. tastes different temperatures you can combine them in several ways yeah. you know um there's a lot to play with um but sort of with a drink, you've just got that one chance to try and communicate something. Um, it kind of has a lot of parallels with scent. And I think I always mm. really enjoyed scent and how emotive that can be. Uh, and drinks, you know, have that emotion in them. I mean, we, we go out and consume for like various different reasons. Um, and sometimes it, it is to sort of take you to somewhere else, you know, I'm not necessarily saying to get you know over consume alcohol and yeah. <laughs> you know, go to that point but you know having that sort of negroni that takes you back to you mm. know that holiday time in Italy or you know those sorts of things or having the most amazing martini in the most beautiful room in one of the great hotel bars you yeah. know like you it just satisfies your kind of soul in a different way you know Mm, um and there's so much craft that goes into it and there's so much unseen craft and and it's the unseen elements that I think really get me excited um you know it's kind of like the psychological elements that um that you can play with Mm. make it a lot of fun but saying that like if I go out drinking I'm like amaretto sour yeah (laughs) like like, like I don't you know I I'm a firm believer in that you know like you just need a fun drink and if if it just tastes good it just tastes good like there's nothing wrong with that everything doesn't need to be this kind of like profound you know do you do you find that when you go out with your friends they expect you to order the drinks because you know what you're talking about (laughs) yeah they expect me to order for them which it's kind of fun sometimes because you know I've been out with people who are like oh, I don't like cocktails and then kind of sort of get them into it a little bit um sometimes you get it totally wrong and it's yeah. even more fun <laughs> but, but um yeah do you have a favorite drink that one that you know evokes a memory for you hmm 
it's really hard I think because when you're like I have lots of different favorites and they're favorites for different reasons there's drinks that I've worked on yeah um that uh, you know the barbershop fizz at 69 Colbrook Row it's a really old classic and I can remember the exact conversations and the music that was on in the mm. background although don't ask me to name it but you know just seeing things like that come together um mm. were, were great the terroir is another one from Colbert Row on Bar Termini um sort of having Harold McGee in the lab um researching that with us mm. um and having it come together at the end was a really great experience um drinking things like you know from a pure like sort of normal pleasure point of view um I don't really like sours just because no one you're never going to make that at home like if you're gonna go out you're like you may as well order a drink that yeah you kind of couldn't really do yourself yeah so can you talk about the journey then of starting Atelier Pip like where did that idea come from and how did you go about starting it were you working full-time um or did you just kind of like take a leap of faith how did that come about yeah sure um well yeah, I still work, you know, for the bars doing the operations and the menu development and whatnot. Um, I guess after opening Untitled about two and a half years ago um, and sort of focusing on running that business and setting it up, you know, a lot of the creative work that um, Drink Factory was doing, um, which is, was the original sort of hub for that, um, it kind of slowed down. Um, and you know I said I'd been with the company for a long time and and it just kind of felt like it was time for a change of guard and um you know the teams and the management teams at the bars and the management team from Drink Factory were kind of in that position where um they felt exactly the same so we had a very honest conversation about it and with their blessing um decided that we would set up Atelier Pit um, with my colleague Robin Collec, who's amazing. Um, I'm sure um, some people will have been lucky enough to have met him at Bar Termini, where he was. He's come through um, Bar Termini, where he was manager for a while, and he's the joint operations manager with me for all of the bars now. Um, but Robin has got so much energy, so and had some really great ideas. So, just kind of felt like. Um, you know, things evolve and things change and we got to that point where we needed that and Robin and I were happy to sort of, you know, pick up some ideas and run with them and create something new from it really. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, in terms of setting it up, it's it's not been too much of a stress because in a sense we were doing it already. We, we just weren't doing it for us under our own names <laughs> kind yeah. of thing. yeah. Um, what was it like uh, setting up a business with somebody else and did you ever have any kind of clashes and how, how did you get through that? Yeah it's working with someone else from a business point of view and setting something up I mean you know you have to be really careful I think doing that I've been very lucky that the people that I've done it with you know we've all been on the same page and you have yeah. to be yeah um, and you have to be prepared to compromise um you have to say what you think as well i think mm-hmm. that's super important um you know i've i've seen um other people in business relationships and they've not really been honest with themselves or the other person and then ultimately those feelings have festered and mm. you know fallouts happen um and it's really easy to do um but 
yeah it's someone once said to me it's like um being married <laughs> which I wouldn't yeah. know because I'm not married yeah. but <laughs> I think I just see where the parallel um, yeah because you probably from. I mean I would imagine you probably spend more time with your business partner than you would your your actual partner <laughs> when you're setting up a business yeah yeah and I mean you know a lot of the decisions you make have financial legal yeah. you know when you start employing people there's other other people's livelihoods that you're responsible for yeah um so it's it's a lot of responsibility um I'm incredibly grateful that I have business partners because sharing that load um, mm. means a lot. And we all, we all have different backgrounds. Um, you know, Robin's Czech, obviously he's come, I mean, he is a bartender, um, was my point of view, is the more creative side. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so we balance each other quite well. So he understands the logistics of service um, much better than, than I do in, in a certain respect. So I think having that kind of diversity is really mm-hmm. important. Yeah. Um, yeah. How do you balance the, cause obviously you're very creative and you've got a creative background. How do you balance that side of the business with the actual numbers and business side? Or is that kind of Robin's area? Yeah. Um, no, we kind of do it jointly. Um, it's one of the hardest things to do, I think, um, mm. because I, I do like planning things (laughs) so I can easily um you know spend a lot of time I mean I'm very I'm very organized I've I've been told anyway um so (laughs) um you know I often get pulled into um organizing things and just again it comes down to that attention to details if you're going to try and achieve a creative project you need to really look at what that project is and what is realistic from a creative point of view but and what you're trying to achieve but also from a sort of financial and practical point of view Mm -hmm. um you know so many things fail because you've not thought about absolutely every single little detail that needs to be completed for that Mm -hmm. um goal to be achieved um what do you think was the hardest thing about setting up atelier pip it's a hard question i mean it's so new really um so it kind of felt really natural. I didn't really have any concern doing it. And I, and I think that's like a really important thing um, to think about, you know, cause it's any, any decision I've made um, for my career has felt like a natural progression. And yeah, I've worked really hard and, you know, I've had my struggles and I've had my failures as well as my successes, but you know, I've, I've learned from absolutely every experience and, yeah. and used that in the, next step mm-hmm. so I, I think when it's that natural it's you know it's not necessarily hard to start things because you know it's the right thing and you know it's true to you yeah um did you have obviously apart from Robin but did you have other people around you who maybe thought that you were crazy to start a business or you know were, were people more supportive um I think people are really supportive I think most people really admire it Mm. I would think other people are crazy to do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think if you've got a small business and you understand how absolutely all consuming it is, mm. um, you know, like you get it. I have a lot of admiration for um, like freelancers and people because I like the unpredictable, you know, because I somewhat have still a, a steady job in yeah. a sense. Um, I have that structure still. Mm-hmm. Um 
I, I think people who are freelancers are, are crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wanted to ask about the process of employing like your first employee. What was yeah. that like? Had you ever employed anybody before? Um, and basically about hiring and firing people. How did you kind of learn how to, how to do that successfully? Oh God. Um, it's, that's an ever evolving thing. Um, I, ha- I used to hire people at, at the chocolate job because um, it was retail based and I used to do a lot of training with people which I think put me in really good stead especially with the training um, because it's really important that you understand someone else's point of view when you put yourself yeah. in their shoes um, you know everyone has different backgrounds and different skills and abilities um, and it's about finding the right way to work with those skills so that you can really get the best out of someone mm-hmm. rather than just sort of, you know, being like, you're not right for the job kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but, you know, hiring, I think, again, like it comes back a lot to like personality. Um, you know, you, sometimes you don't need all of the skills that you mm-hmm. think that you need, because if you're willing to learn and put the effort in and you have the right attitude, um you know, you can be taught a lot. Sometimes that's more useful than um, someone who, you know, dots all the I's and crosses all the T's because, you know, they might not quite fit into your point of view on how to do things. Um, yeah. And that's harder to teach, you know. Yeah. Um, firing people is the worst part of, you know, my job yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, it's never a nice thing. Um, you know, I think luckily like most most instances where that have ha- that's happened it's it's kind of um been somewhat mutual in in terms of like they're not happy yeah you know and I, th- and I think ultimately when things aren't going right I mean unless obviously someone's which has never actually happened but, you know gross misconduct or whatever I mean that's quite um simple but you know if people aren't happy it's important that they also realize that it's mm. not worth their time they yeah. need to really kind of think about what they want and mm. and achieve that um because mm. it it's normal for things to not work you know yeah yeah um talking about uh clients that hire you what is the process like if if somebody wanted to hire atelier pip to you know create a menu for their bar or restaurant or whatever it may be what what was what does the process look like sure um so normally we're quite lucky we have quite a few people get in touch with us um you know be it sort of bigger hotels or sort of smaller clients with very specific sort of small projects that are personal to them um and normally it just starts as an email conversation a phone call a meeting and mm-hmm. you, know, you just have to really find out what they want and ensure you can you can offer and satisfy their needs really have you ever clashed with a client's idea of what they wanted have you ever had to go mm, it should really be like this and there maybe been a bit of a disagreement there um i think you know so much of it is about communication um you know some sometimes it gets difficult when especially when you're looking at sort of say producing um like ready to drink products and the practicalities of taking like a cocktail that's made for you by hand behind the bar and scaling that up so that it's exactly the same in ten thousand cans and you know Mm. has a shelf life of three years (laughs) you know it's never going to be exactly the same but 
you know, as long as you kind of communicate that and you can dem- demonstrate the the logic behind it, mm-hmm. you know, generally, you know, it's okay. It's never really so much of an issue. Mm. Do you have an idea of what your ideal client is? Um, no, I don't think we, I really have an ideal client. I mean, I like having diverse clients. Um, I really enjoy working um, with people who've got a really strong um, idea of what they want and kind of, I mean, we've done um, some great work with um, Heston's dinner team for Melbourne mm. um, and looking at their food concepts and um, trying to translate that into um, drinks and create something that sits really well against the food concepts without overshadowing it, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, it's quite a skill and it's a real pleasure kind of working with people who are really engaged and enjoy what they do and are passionate about what they do mm. um, it's not just kind of a like I want to make money mm. <laughs> thing, yeah which yeah. everyone I guess ultimately does but yeah. you know this there's, there's um yeah there's ways of doing that mm. and how do you how do your clients generally find you um, most of it is through internet or through um, word of mouth um, yeah. other people that I've worked with. Um, you know, I mean, I've been in, in the drinks industry uh, for a while, so there's a lot of contacts that I have um, that will sort of put me in touch with people if they hear that you know, someone's looking for something and I've got those skills. Mm. Um, social media is a big thing, obviously, at the minute. So mm. we, have, we have a good following on Instagram and sort of really try and, um, demonstrate what we can do and how we think on Instagram because mm. you know I think it's important for clients as well that you know they they get what we're about otherwise we're never going to achieve what they want yeah no I was just I was going to mention your Instagram account because it's beautiful <laughs> it <laughs> is beautiful you. to look at it's just you can just oh you just tell there's so much planning gone behind it and I think it's yeah. it's so satisfying to look at so it's really lovely yeah. Yeah. We're scrambling right now because yeah. we've not been able to work. Um, yeah. You know, we've just kind of like, well, what What can we do? We've not got any more photos. So mm. I'm <laughs> going back to my art school days and going to do drawings of things. <laughs> <laughs> I think outside the box. So, yeah. Do you have a, a particular social media strategy? I mean, obviously non-coronavirus uh, time, but do you, do you have a, a strategy for social media? Yeah, I mean, we work with a really lovely, lovely um, lady um, called Marta. She's got her own sort of um, company, Little Casa, um, and she helps us kind of um, manage that. We I've done it before internally for the bars, like from Titled and things, and it's such a full-on job. So Robbie and I had said from the start with Pip, we wanted to have some external help with that, and we've known Marta for years. Um, so she gets our aesthetic but she also has an understanding of um what's going on in the wide wider like social media zeitgeist let's say um so that really helps so we we chat and we come up with ideas of what we're trying to achieve and what we're trying to communicate I mean mm-hmm. when we came up with the concept for Pip we we've got the three definite channels of you know we concept we create we train and I think identifying three strong areas from the start as a brand has allowed us to sort of then sort of root and branch out into different areas. So 
Mm. Um, it's easier to find content um, for social. Yeah, definitely. Um, I also noticed um, that you run classes as well. What 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 is that around? And and it, just explain through that process. Yeah, sure. So it's the re- we train element, um, and it goes back to the sort of stars programs that we were doing, which were you know were attended by lots of different people, lots of bartenders who've gone on to achieve great things, mm. um, which is which is really amazing to see. Um, we wanted to do something. I mean, the stages were kind of like a hands-on come in and you kind of shadow us for a week. Mm-hmm. So they w- weren't really that structured, um, which was good. Some people got a lot out and some people, um, you know, not as much. So we wanted to create something that was a bit more structured and really get into the detail of what drinks development is. Mm-hmm. Um so sort of starting from the scratch and building the foundation of the sort of structure and the backbone of cocktails and what a cocktail is and evolving that into well here's a small twist on that original plastic cocktail and then here's a bigger twist Um, and this is the mental process that you need to go through and the logical process Um, and at the same time we'll teach you some of the techniques um, that you might need to cook some of the ingredients involved or to source the specific spirits that you might want kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we have the education programme that covers all of that in the three different stages. Um, and it's open to all. Like, we've designed it so that, you know, if you're kind of like a home bartender and you want to, like, upgrade your skills um, mm. and sort of really invest your time in doing that, you can. Um, you know, it w- works for bartenders who are just starting their careers or bartenders who are sort of further along in their careers and just want to understand that that creative process because I think for me you know there's so much amazing um cocktail creation content out there but it's not really about the creative process itself and and the mental part of thinking about well how how did you identify that that ingredient would solve that problem Mm. um and you know what what are you trying to achieve in the first place? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and that's, that's the hardest bit really, I think. Mm. What is it about the classes that, that, um, that satisfies you? Are you a natural teacher? You know, what, what do you get out of, out of running the classes? Yeah. I mean, I enjoy, I enjoy talking to people and seeing them kind of consume information and seeing how they react to that and engage with that um, and what they tell you afterwards, because I can learn a lot from that as well. Mm. Um, I It's really satisfying seeing people grow. I mean, looking after the teams at, at the bars, um, you know, seeing bartenders start who are very, you know, timid and they kind mm. of like very shy about the whole process to six months later at, absolutely owning the room and seeing customers love it, love them and you know kind of them having a, the time of their life at, at work you know it's it's one of the most satisfying things um you have really in, in what I do yeah and where do you see um Atelier Pip growing over the next you know 5 10 20 however many years have you got oh, like a, a 10 year plan no <laughs> Be just to see what happens in two weeks. Yeah, time. yeah, <laughs> that's true. Um, but I mean, I would really like to get back to doing the sort of um, 
you know, more menus, um, you know, for the kind of clients, I guess, like dinner at Heston's and, you know, the kind of people that really um, have a passion for flavour um, from a creative point of view as well mm -hmm. and understand that there is so much pleasure that can be given out of a good a good drink or a good plate of food kind of thing yeah um yeah yeah what would you say is your biggest achievement in your career so far oh gosh um only having two wrinkles no <laughs> <laughs> um gosh I mean I guess I guess setting up Atelier Pip really mm -hmm. um you know I never from going in there sort of going into Colbrook Row and sort of having a cocktail I never dreamed that ultimately <laughs> yeah. um you know, I'd be in charge of the whole creative um process yeah uh, for for that so you know it probably is Atelier Pip yeah. What is it about working for yourself that you enjoy the most? Um, well, I guess even though I work for myself, I still feel like I work in a team and I know that I would be nothing without my team. So it's yeah. kind of a diff difficult question. I mean, it's really hard running your own business because it's so relentless. And there's certainly times when you're like, you know, I would just like to be in a position where I'm not accountable for anything anymore. Yeah. Um, you know, so maybe I should consider like something else. Mm. Um, but I enjoy the freedom and I enjoy being able to control my own pace of work. Mm. Um, you know, yeah, it's important to have a work-life balance um, and a sensible pace, but you know, we achieve a lot in a really small space of time because we're just so reactive and we try and work as efficiently as we can. Um, and it's great to be able to sort of be constantly moving. I think mm -hmm. it, it's it's that growth and that constant learning that you have when you've, well, here's a new problem. <laughs> How can yeah. I fix it? Um, mm. Kind of comes up. Um, mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so where can people find you online if they want to get into contact with you? Sure. Um, so there's our website, www.atelier-pip.com. Um, and then uh, our Instagram, which is Atelier, I think it's an underscore pit. I'm, hopefully we can Yeah, we'll, I'll find maybe. the links, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and then my email, yeah. I mean, I am always love hearing from people for any sorts of questions, you know, be it like a specific project or, you know, just advice kind of thing. Um, you know, it's really great to support people and share what you know. I think it used to be quite common that you, you know, you'd worked so hard to get to that point. So why would you tell anyone else yeah. the secrets? Why would you, you help know? anyone else? Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, there's a lot of talented people out there and, mm you know, you can achieve so much more if you embrace each other, I think. So yeah, yeah I love hearing from people. Yeah. And I would definitely suggest to anybody listening to go and check out the Atelier Pip Instagram because it is gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh, thank you for having a conversation with me today. I really, really appreciate it. It was really oh, cool. No problem. It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to the Inventor podcast. If you liked today's episode, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You can also connect with me on social media where I'm at the Inventor podcast. I would love to hear from you.